Transition Awareness Breathing. Feeling grounded for both children and parents is essential for healthy living and learning. Join Eartha Powell on this series for tips and tools for creating a harmonious environment for learning. Transition Awareness Breathing will help you and your child find an individualized path to tackle change, promote lifelong learning, and discover new approaches to calmness. Welcome back, everyone. This is Eartha, and this is Transition Awareness Breathing Podcast. Thank you for coming back. We are on a journey to improve the world happiness score here in the United States. And although that might seem pretty broad, I think we can use the information that we've been talking about these past few episodes to really look at ourselves, look at our, what I call our area of touch and to improve our personal happiness score. And then as a collective result, improve the world happiness score of the United States. And maybe, you know, we can ponder and ask, well, well, why? And that's what we're going to talk about today. But before I get started, I would like to thank Web Talk Radio for allowing me to have a platform to bring transition awareness breathing to you. And to my producers, Mary Lou and Sam, Thank you for making Transition Awareness Breathing Podcast available to my listeners everywhere they go. Okay, so why is this so important? I mean, big deal. The World Happiness Score. There's so much going on in the world. Who cares? Well, I care. And I think if you're listening to this podcast, I think you care. And maybe not so much on the broad sense of the world happiness score as it is referenced in the um, reports. But I think if we really do a self-analysis, a self-assessment of ourselves, I think most of us are trying to improve the happiness score in our lives. And so Oftentimes, we just don't know where to start. And so let's use this benchmark of the um, country that was res- the result of the Pew surveys that was, re- that was found to have the happiness score rating, which was Finland. Not to say that we are trying to be like Finland, we can learn from Finland. As I had um, talked to you a few episodes ago, in Finland's perspective, it's kind of hard to be the happiest country because they are trying to change the stigma of mental health. Um, You know, there's a perception that you know, how can we have mental health problems, uh, anxiety, depression, and worry when we have been, you know, um, found to be the happiest country in the world? 
And so there's a stress that they are trying to work through, as well as other things. Their educational system is changing, um, the shortage of teachers, and different stressors uh, in in their part of the world. And so if we look at that benchmark, I can conclude, and I, I ask, you could please don't agree with me, but I can conclude if the happiest country in the world is trying to put forth initiatives to improve their mental health system and take away the stigma that um, if a, if one has depression or anxiety and um, a person needs to reach out to a mental health facility, that that is a form of weakness. Um, Finland is is actively trying to take away that negative stigma. So if that country is rolling up their sleeve to address changing a stigma, surely we can roll up our sleeves and look at what can we do to improve our quality of life? Well, quality of life, what does that mean? Let me share it with you again, as I think I uh, talked about a little bit about the quality of life in the beginning of our episode. The World Health Organization looks at um, quality of life or defines quality of life as standard indicators um, that is in the perception of a of an individual's um, culture, value systems, um, their goals and expectations, and included in that is um, the quality of wealth and, and employment, the environment, physical and mental health education, recreation, leisure, um, social well-being, religious beliefs, safety, security, and freedom. And that, I think, is a pretty detailed list. Detailed in it gives a focus on um, the quality of life, but vague enough that these topics can be looked at within our own individual life, our own individual culture, our own um, individual family unit. So some things, I think the first step in coming up with a plan of action is to recognize where we are at maybe using some form of measurement standard. Uh, and it doesn't have to be complicated. I I like to use um, a scale, uh, something like a pain scale. If you're familiar with a pain scale, when you go to the doctor and um, the healthcare uh, professionals may ask you on a scale of uh, zero to 10, um, are you having any pain? 10 representing excruciating pain and zero meaning no pain. Um, I think, you know, on a scale of, we can, a uh, uh, scale of zero to 10, um, you know, how are, how are you 
as far as your satisfaction with your environment and you know your environment environment within your own touch from zero to ten um, and so if it's very uncomfortable if it's up there in a in the rank of a ten then maybe we can look at what can be done to decrease that to a to a lower number and taking it a little step at a time rather than saying well what can you do to bring that 10 down to a zero um, how about what can be done to bring the 10 down to a eight and um, using steps to bring it down to a nine and then bring it down to an eight and so I think breaking our our action plan into small reasonable realistic steps is very important for success in changing our quality of life. And maybe taking one unit of the quality of life scale because recognizing that some things on that list, maybe we really do not have a direct impact, at least not in our perspective yet. So starting with, you know, the term you may have heard, some low-hanging fruit, the things that's kind of bothering you the most, starting there. And uh, maybe it's a health um, quality of life. Um, If your quality of life in your health, you feel that it can be improved, yeah, maybe the score from a zero to ten, uh, maybe it's an eight. You know, it's, you know, it's like, well, I'm not terrible, but I, I you know, if I look at myself now, I, I'm, I, I think I can improve my health. Yeah, you know, I'm not where I was, maybe ten years ago or twenty years ago, and I would like to, um, improve that part of my life. And so, starting there and. And recognizing, maybe even journaling, what am I doing to keep myself at a level eight? And so then coming up with steps to decrease that health perspective to maybe a seven. It may include exercise. It may include um, maybe not having dessert. At every single meal, maybe it's like, you know, maybe just having dessert on a special occasion or maybe just on the weekends, just starting small and uh, and recognizing that maybe, as I had indicated before, it's okay to reach out and get help. Um, maybe in uh, in the past, uh it's, you know, you're taking or, you know, medication for a certain condition. And for whatever reason, um, you know, you kind of slacked off and said, I, I, I'm not taking that medication anymore. So I would suggest that reaching out and talking to your provider 
and reestablishing some health goals with your provider may be helpful. And so here, when we're talking about quality of life, and I used um, healthcare uh, examples, um, but you certainly can also use the standard indicators of employment or environment, um, education, um, recreation, leisure, uh, social being, religious belief, safety, security, and freedom. Again, reaching out and taking small steps to improve towards reaching a higher goal. And I think that is is important when we can um, set a start date. So when we're doing our action plan, we've benchmarked. That was one of the steps we did. And now we're doing a self-assessment. We're looking at ourselves. Where can we improve? And maybe, you know, you go, well, I don't know where I need to improve. I don't know. Because it's so overwhelming. I read um, one article, and I did this with my with my students uh, this week, and I'll share it with you. It may seem kind of um, broad, but I think it's a good idea. And what it does, it, it asks um, to express your feelings as if you were a weather forecast person. So uh, imagine, you know, you're, you're looking at the weather, or listening to the weather, and they're saying, you know, it's partly cloudy, and there's a chance of rain, or there's a thunderstorm. So, if you're looking at your your feelings, how would you how would you forecast? How would you report your feelings in terms of a weather report? And um, so, you know, I share with my students that you know, I f- I felt uh, partly cloudy. And with a cool breeze. Um, now, to some people, and here we have to define our perspective. Um, because some people may think, whoa, you, you know, you're having a, a really uh, down day. Are you okay? Um, but in my perspective, I felt that, you know, a partly cloudy day is very good. It, the, it um, relieves me of intense heat. And also, I enjoy uh, getting out side and working in the garden and doing things outside. So for me, that partly cloudy day with a cool breeze is like a 10. Well, maybe I'll say a nine. Yeah, it work. Always got to leave a little margin for improvement. But at any rate, maybe you get the point. So, you know, if, if you have a hard time choosing um, which standard indicator to start with, Maybe uh, grab your your family member or a friend and give them a weather report or write it in a journal um, and say what your weather report is. And then define what your perspective of your weather report, you know, uh, is this is kind of explain it. And then what are the steps? If you had to... Uh, assign a range of zero to 10, what would you be willing to do to bring and make a change from wherever you reported your number on the number scale 
What would you do to bring it down maybe one level? And how long would you be willing to do that change? Maybe a day, maybe a week. And then with the, with the goal of going farther down to the scale. And you may want to also set a goal. You know, maybe you don't want to go down to zero. Maybe going down a couple of points is, is it will improve your quality of life. And it will, it will uh, bring your sense of happiness to a higher level. So is, is this kind of coming together for you? How um, improving your quality of life score, your personal quality of life score would improve your happiness score. And then that collectively with you, me, and whoever else is listening to the podcast, if we all do this, we're, improving our happiness score in our part of the world, in our um, sphere of our touch of, you know, the people who are around, our community. And with that, it contributes to the happiness score of the United States. Recognizing some of the um, indicators that make up the quality of, of life uh, report some things we do not have any control of. And so what do we do when we don't have control of, like, the political system? Well, you know, some people say, well, you do have control because you can vote. Okay, that's right. We can, we can certainly all vote. And that could be um, a contribution to that indicator. Uh, and then... There may be some other things that you may come up with that you're contributing. If there's something that you feel that right now you don't have a control over, put it in the parking lot. I would say, you know, don't eliminate it and don't ignore it. I would just say just set it to the side because as the happiness score increases, I think you'll be amazed at how much energy and how much creativity will come out of your improvement of your happiness score and your quality of life. Another important part of our action plan, I think, to consider to include is what if I fail? What if I don't succeed plan? What if there's unexpected situations that that kind of sideswipe us and gets us off of the plan? I think it's important to have a backup. And maybe, um, if I may say, to expect um, a period of time that will challenge us to get off of our plan. Because life happens. And so to be realistic that, okay, if I have, I'm on my plan, and if a certain situation occurs, what will my response be? Maybe the response would be, I'm going to stick to my plan no matter what. Or maybe it may be, I'll just it um, modify my plan because Maybe the plan needs to be modified to include certain little distractors. Uh, And so it's a time of readjustment. And so actually, um, 
our backup plan is not a plan for failure. The backup plan is actually a period where we can reevaluate and adjust. And I think that's a little bit more positive. Okay. But to include that, I think it's very important. But we've covered a lot today. And before I conclude, I would like to share a gift of a little bit of a mindfulness practice with you. Um, I, I would invite you to get into a comfortable position. And maybe this can be part of your action plan to improve your quality of life to include a few minutes of mindfulness practice. As you're getting into your comfortable position, notice any pressures or stiffness and recognize that that you're going to do the best you can and your your goal is not to hurt yourself or overwork yourself. It's to Show compassion to yourself and to show kindness to yourself and to speak positive to yourself, your inner talk. You're going to give yourself a pat on the back for trying because this is a big step for you. Take a breath in your nose and blow it out your mouth. And as you're blowing, bring your awareness to the change of the temperature of the breath. The breath. The warmth. Do you feel any warmth? Any coolness? Is there any coolness? Appreciating the breath. And as we pay attention to our breath, I invite, I invite us to appreciate the level of wellness that we have right now. We may not be where we want to be, but right now we are thankful for where we're at. And take another breath in and blow it out. Thank you for your practice. Well, our time goes by so fast, but I wanted to get this out and I'm excited to um, share this information with you. Get yourself a journal, start writing it down. And I think we'll talk about this intermittently so that we won't lose our momentum. Thank you so much for joining me and I look forward to talking to you again next time. 
Be sure and pick up a copy of Eartha's new book, Tab Mindfulness, Awareness and Coloring Activities in a Pandemic World. It's not just an ordinary coloring book. It features 23 illustrations to stimulate thought, relaxation, and creativity for anyone between the ages of 4 and 94. Increase your positive self-talk energy. Unlock new creative paths. Transform your time once or twice a week to create beautiful art while strengthening confidence, building positive self-talk, and sensitize self-awareness. Tab Mindfulness, awareness and coloring activities in a pandemic world. It's available now at Amazon.com. 